This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Greetings. The following episode of the My Old Man Said podcast has actually subsequently been split into two parts just to get it out quickly and the second part will feature villain news updates as well. We've just uh, fallen victim to uh, impulsive Bruce Springsteen concerts and Last Day at the Ashes. So rather than wait and wait and wait to get the whole show out, by splitting it up in two parts we can get at least half of it out quicker for your enjoyment. Thank you very much. Right, on with the show. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host. Joining me to carry on the march through preseason, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Oh, Phil. Sparky. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? <laughs> All good, all good in the hood. That was a brand new tone from Mr. Shaw. It the was. sun is out, he loves the sun, he's got bees as company, he's oh. feeling sociable, he's sun-soaked. This is this is a new a new dawn. Bold. New, bold dawn, although the boldness has disappeared from the club. <laughs> Already. A <laughs> couple of weeks later and the bold was out the door. The man who declared bold is no longer around. But, Maybe he uh, knew what was coming. We'll get on to him uh, shortly. Uh, how, how's the bees, uh, Sure, first of all? Mm, the bees have another few days of... Existence. Existence left, yes. <laughs> they don't know what's coming either. No, they don't. <laughs> have they written their will yet? <laughs> have they written their will to decide where all the honey's going? No. They're, they're going to be smoked out, so there's going to be like a, a clam bake up in my attic, and then they're all going to be stoned and just get scooped up and removed. Taken to Bud's house uh, in England. Can't wait. How are you, Mr. Birds? Uh, going to see Springsteen? I am indeed. Yeah, going to see the boss on Friday. Uh, hopefully you'll be listening to this uh, on Friday. I mean, I don't want to put you off. I love Springsteen, but I don't know. I, I can't pay those prices for a 73-year-old man. <laughs> I know what you mean. But if, if you guaranteed to me that he would be flying around Villa Park like Pink did on, on those oh, wires. incredible, to be fair. On those wires, uh, then I would go and see a 73-year-old man flying above Villa Park. Uh, I would pay. Can he, can he flip upside down with a Fender Strat? 
it's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, I, I have no interest in Pink's music, but uh, I mean, she it looked like a good show. She comes across as a as a good egg. But yeah. Uh, yeah, when I when I found out about her trape- trapezing, like you know, months ago, uh, when it was announced that she was playing Billy, you know, you just you kind of read things about it and previous shows, and I'm like, wow. And then I saw clips of her doing it at uh, Stadium of Light, Sunderland, and I was like, Man, fair play, because you're bringing something unique to the table here, because none of the other schmucks we uh, mm. put on the stadium shows, they're not flying above people's heads and I'm not spinning around, spinning and, you know, around. Like the, now you had like Motley Crue years ago with a flying drum kit, but you sat down doing that yeah and you had like you know kiss doing stuff and but this yeah this in the modern day it's like fair play for the old uh, circus mm. trapeze kind of circus sole vibe yeah it looked like she put on a great show while villa park mm, didn't so much well we know about every villa fan knows about the the logistics the rest of the country got to experience it. Queuing for beers and all that kind of sh- poor, poor old pink fans. Saw people saying it took two hours to get a beer and all that kind of shit. Yeah, a friend of mine, it took, a, took them an hour. So it looked like the seating areas, i.e. the normal areas for football, weren't too bad in getting in. But pitch standing was a bit of a shambles where they didn't have a, didn't have a bar at pitch level to lighten the load. So everybody had to pile into like the Trinity Road to get a drink. Yeah, but ridiculous. I mean, at stadium gigs, it is always... It's a pain at the best of times. Yeah, it's logistically, it's pretty hard. And you do, I mean, I went to see Springsteen at Hyde Park. And if you want a drink or a piss halfway through a song and you're, uh, you know, let's say midway at least, you're like, you're going to have to sacrifice a couple of songs to get in and out. But yeah. anyway. I mean, yeah. And some people I saw were moaning that they didn't have porter, like porter toilets in the queues. I'm like, how early are you planning on getting there? <laughs> Hmm. But uh, it's, uh, it's good to see concerts back, and they should be yeah. a regular thing. And they've just got to build; they've got to improve the infrastructure. Because if Birmingham, as a city at whole, wants uh, a world class venue, then you need to improve the infrastructure, and we will get these events uh, more yeah. regularly. Especially when you've got you know you've got the Rico down the road, which is smaller, but seems to has been on the, the touring calendar for a lot longer, hasn't it, in recent years? And you get some relatively big acts going through there. Springsteen played there, I think, last time around. Yeah, and Arctic Monkeys did there the other week. Right, let's talk about Villa. Uh, and a warning, uh, I mean, most of the regular listeners know what this is all about, and this is why they're here in the first place. But uh, for any of these Twitterati who think that when you question the club or even make a joke about the club that it's negative and uh, it's nonsense and there's no such thing that exists as humour or uh, wanting to get a better deal for fans or uh, raising issues that fans should really be thinking about and and thinking, well, actually, that's not on. We deserve better for the money we pay. If you can't understand concepts like that, then just turn off. There's plenty of podcasts you can listen to that will just say... I'm buzzing every five minutes. Uh, those would probably be more up your street. Well, I could say I'm buzzing, for, but that's not. Really, it's not really me. It's, it's, it's the fuckers in the attic. Yeah, unless you're literally buzzing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Twitter. I mean, as it's a pla- entertaining though, sometimes as a platform now. Well, so, I mean, sometimes I, I, you know, I'm there just to entertain because I've got a spare ten minutes. But it, it's not good for the soul, believe you me. Because you just a little piece inside you dies every time when you you realise that these people can't read or interpret what you've said, and they've got their own agendas in their head of what they think you are, and uh, it's just like, ah, oh, really? Is that how you perceive that? Come on, come on, people, wake up! Anyway, that should have got rid of those people, so we can <laughs> pr- proceed. <laughs> 
they'll, they'll be thinking, oh, he's so up himself. Oh, he thinks he's better than us. Blah, blah, blah. Good. Go. Bye. Right. The rest of us, we can uh, carry on with the fun fest of uh, supporting Aston Villa. Right. Coming up, Villa News as usual. We'll we'll get into the, the Perslow situation. There's a lot of people who talking about him who haven't even met him. There's some strange takes. Yeah, there have been a few of them. There's lazy, lazy labels like we're going to a new model now. People have just been parroting that as if that just explains everything. But there's there's a huge hole that this leaves, and we'll we'll get to that shortly. We'll also go through the three points, and there's, there's a lot of cr- crossovers here to the world of Villa. Before getting into uh, the business that's been kind of happening, there's like a lot's happened, but nothing's happened, uh, if you know what I mean. We'll get into all of that, whether it's transfers or uh, moves at director level, stroke board level, and uh, we'll finish with a bit of uh, media muppetry. Right, uh, let's start off with some news. We can start with Villa news, or we can talk about the man who gave up everything to live in a dung hut in Ghana and survive on his social media earnings. Wow. But I wonder, does, are bees attracted to dung huts? This is maybe what I should have done, just smeared my house in dung, would have maybe kept them away. How's he making money from social media? He said his life was so good, living in the dung hut, away from, basically off the grid, that he had to share it with the world. And that's maybe where he gets I, maybe I followers. can do this as a sideline, like, life was so good in Birmingham that I had to share it with the world. Similar <laughs> to a dung hut. And to, oops, <laughs> Speaking of shit house, David. <laughs> oh, Villa News it is. Right, Verslo has stepped down. What that means, I think a restructure, a shrinking of his role. He probably, uh, I mean, he's, I'd say, proud, but also uh, has, you know, has a healthy ego, which is mm. not a not not a bad thing necessarily. So, a parting of the waves there. People just seem to be like, you know, whatever, no problem. I mean, we'll we'll talk about this in, in the in the main part of the show because uh, there's a lot to unpack in terms of the holes it leaves. Because he, okay, Chris Hexin and would be considered the director of the commercial arm of Villa. And then what we've been talking about, you know, first it was Mathieu uh, Alaman, then recently it's your boy Monchi. But that is a lot more on the uh, sporting director side. So there is this kind of hole of uh, CEO, which you would take for A, continuing the uh, North Stand redevelopment project and also other developments at Villa Park. And also the whole Premier League board representation because Villa are you know five percent owner of the Premier League by default by being in it and uh, Perslow was a major voice and probably a voice for the good because he, you know his main issue there was fighting the uh, the cartel of the sovereign wealth and the imbalance and how to break that status quo but anyway uh, we'll talk about that uh, later first transfer the, I mean the window actually did the window open after. Officially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. officially, uh, the window opened after we uh, we got Mr. Tillemans from Leicester on a free. Phil Shaw wrote a uh, kind of, a, we do a basic introduction to the players. Uh, it was me that added the bit about Gavin McCann. <laughs> <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> Finally. Well, we, just, what we've been, just what we've been missing for the last 15 years. We've got McCann back, people. <laughs> My name has been cl- cleansed. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, pe- people, oh, negative, but also laughing at the same time. <laughs> that was in the, the, could we do five W's, like what, why, when, and worries. So, you know, it's always good to know what you're letting yourself in for. And I just said, is this the latest Gavin McCann? I.e. Uh, Villa picking at the carcass of a club that's been relegated. We all got, we also got Sorison in that in that time, which was never a good idea to get a healthy percentage of a, of a first team that's just got relegated. It didn't, didn't it's not really good maths, is it? Like a fifth no, of a relegated the, team. Sasa Kerchik, Kur- did Bolton go down? Finished him, or was he before? <laughs> no, no, they went down. Oh, so yeah, there's, there is that. But uh, the good news like is, him. good news is, he's a good good age potentially. Uh, has his best years in front of him and that would probably mean Villa needing to win a trophy because he's obviously won the FA Cup and and was the match winner. What a goal that was, by the way. Yeah. So I I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, people say, oh, what a great piece of business. It's free, it's free, it's free, it's free. But, you know, the reality is he's going to be on six figures and six figures over the course of a four-year muted contract is, you know, it's a good chunk of 20 million, isn't it? So it's... Mm -hmm. uh, not free by any stretch of the imagination, but obviously you can spread that over years. It's probably par for the course for an international midfielder, yeah, which absolutely. he is. So it's a good deal and a, and a solid start for the Very window. Much so. I would, I would. It's not, it's not necessarily a warning thing, but it's you know, if if a player of that quality is available on a free, you do kind of wonder why haven't the top four grabbed him as a speculative move? You think, well, why? Great, thank, thanks for coming to us, but. There's got to be a reason why a couple, and it may be that his form dipped off at Leicester and Emery thinks, do you know what? I can turn that round. He's shown what he can do. Great. This is the level he's at right now, but maybe the top four have gone, oh, we're not sure about that. I mean, the last show, uh, I actually was thinking, well, you know, why would we really go after him in terms of if, I mean, obviously, you don't really go in chronological order where you get the main needs first. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I think I explained, I did an extra show, an off the record show for my old man some members where I go into the Perslow thing in a bit more detail than probably will do here. And said it's a bit like the NFL draft pick where you have your list of needs and you get to a certain round and you go, oh, he's still available, is he? Like somebody who's really Mm. good, he's probably the best player on you know in that rounds not necessarily one you need but because he's available you take him and i think that's what's happened obviously happened here you know he had other offers but he obviously bought into the direction that we're going maybe sees a little bit of what leicester did in us hopefully it's probably a good fit for both sides isn't it And i suppose for him he doesn't necessarily have to uproot his life where he lives because you can commute from that part of the world to villa quite easily i mean it's less than an hour's drive you know with the wind behind you yeah and he's got a friend in den donker for now <laughs> but for now but yeah so i like in, him i wasn't bothered in terms of talking about him and you know getting super excited because he's going to transform your team because he's not going to he's, he's, he's going to have to battle to get in that midfield which is good in the, the overall squad yeah, picture that's a good thing but in terms of improving the first 11 uh, it's, it's not necessarily one for that off the bat but in terms of building a squad to challenge on all fronts and you know, it's, it's great for covering in injuries and suspensions because as you uh, said it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer as a deal if it's available, you do it, don't you? And it's a good move. So you never know. I mean, he might, you know, the fresh start might do him well. And if he can get back to the form he was in, you know, in a, when Leicester were winning cups, etc., you've got a, it becomes a really good deal then. But there is a little bit of a question mark. But yeah, but Emery will sort him out. There, there normally is on talented players that Villa have the opportunity to get. We're, yes. we're talking like really good, you know, if it's like your Martin Larsons, your Ron Villars, it's because they've got a bad injury record. So they take the punt on that. 
I mean, Tillemans had a bad season right across the board. He was poor for Belgium in the World Cup as well. So there is a mental thing that Emery can tuck into there, but uh, you, you would put your money on uh, Emery sorting that one out. Yeah. Meanwhile, his new midfield partner, Bubika Kamara, had to leave his honeymoon as uh, he got a belated call-up to cover in uh, Didier Deschamps' French squad. I think he'll be glad to be back in uh, the picture there after... He was uh, lucky, wasn't he, to miss out on the World yeah, Cup? Yeah, after his injury uh, fucked him on the World Cup. Cameron Archer and Ramsey are in, included in the under-21 squad for the upcoming Euros and Villa have uh, continued Bobby West Brom. quite a simple policy. I mean, you know, this is what Yeh and Lang said when, when I met him, part of the uh, that consultation uh, tour of Bodymore. You know, the premises, they looked around them in the closest vicinity and they saw West Brom had a very good youth setup and players, so the easiest route is just to buy that and assimilate it. <laughs> And that's what they did with Birmingham City at the women's level as well. Got a couple of the players there and obviously took their coach. So you assimilate what's around you and then uh, look around for the next step on, on how you build. So Jamal, Jamo probably uh, will be a good fit with y- Johan Duran. <laughs> but he's only 16, so... Uh, but they've paid a million, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, which is a which is you know, more than we paid for guys like Chuck Mueka, for example. So they must yeah. think relatively highly of him. Yeah, so West Brom must be really good. There still must be still bits we have to uh, assimilate from their. Uh, How setup, else do we need at the moment? Up. They've got a good CEO. <laughs> Before we go on to the three points, a big shout out to the return of NordVPN as this show sponsors. It's a service I've been using for three years now, so I'm glad that they've continued their sponsorship of the My Old Man Said podcast. If you are looking for uh, a way to protect your privacy online and also give yourself access to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that you can access that event from, then NordVPN offers you the fastest VPN in the world with no buffering, lagging while streaming. And also, there's many advantages from a VPN some that you will know already, but it's uh, protecting your privacy is the main benefit. But then there's also knock-on effects when you can change your, your IPN address because you can purchase subscriptions from other countries at cheaper prices. You can, when you're purchasing travel like flights, it also helps in some circumstances uh, when you switch your location because you know how these companies work. If you go back after looking for prices, they know you're interested. So uh, mysteriously, the, the price will pop up. So if you notice that, it's worth switching your virtual address via a VPN and uh, revisiting and seeing what the price is. NordVPN is a price of a cup of coffee a month, and you can use it on six devices as well. So you can uh, spread it around uh, your family and friends if you haven't got six devices yourself. Personally, I use it on my home computer, my laptop, and also my mobile. You can grab the exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash moms to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus uh, a bonus gift of a free month. And it's completely risk-free because Nord has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Thank you very much. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, moving on to the three points. Nothing wrong with this, is there? Point number one, uh, Newcastle owners, basically Saudi Arabia have bought four clubs in the Saudi League. Their public investment fund has. Are they the ones that are splashing the cash, Phil? Yeah, everyone. Benzema and Kante and everybody. Benzema, Kante, the whole sport of golf, whatever you name it, they're splashing the cash on it. And some guy called Steven Gerrard somehow as well. (laughs) That's going to get badly. Something weird. I mean, they're they're going to be earning a hundred million a season. I think they were offering Messi about four hundred million a season, which was going to add up to one point seven billion. But more of that later. So Benzema is reportedly earning one hundred seventy-two million a season, which is seventy percent of Arsenal's entire wage bill. What what is going on here? Are Saudi Arabia doing what China tried to do? You know, they wanted to host the twenty thirty. World Cup, so they had to build a league. You know, they tried the Chinese Super League and like overpaid, you know, like Russian and Brazilian players to uh, play there. They got a few out of the the Premier League, but you know, nobody goes there and lasts more than a few season to, or two. Nobody's interested, are they? The the Premier League, no. La Liga, the Bundesliga, Syria are so f- well entrenched globally. All of those four leagues have history. There's a uh, romance to those leagues because of the tradition, because of the history, and fans from overseas kind of buy into that. It's like, you know, reading history books. They kind of absorb it. These leagues, you can't just throw money at something and expect everybody to buy into the Saudi Arabian league. Nobody gives a shit. Are are the Saudis just kind of blind to this? Are they just, are they arrogant? that They think they can just buy everything and everyone and everybody's soul? It's... uh, if I was advising them, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think this is a good move. And you're basically giving away money. And they're like, well, we don't care. We've got unlimited funds. That's the thing. And unlike mm. China, I don't necessarily think it's it's built on a false economy. They can afford to just throw money at it, give it a go, see where it ends up. You do, you do, you do wonder what the broader stroke is, whether it's a bit like with golf. They think, actually, if we try and go up against these leagues, we can own the Premier League. We can own the FA. We can own La Liga or something like that. That might be the long game. Anyway, let's uh, move on. That was one of Persley's fights, so uh, hopefully somebody will take that up uh, in those Premier League meetings. Point number two, Everton faces legal action from all sides. First of all, the relegated teams. Who who else was, was this tried on? I remember somebody else staying up 
and the relegated teams went after them because of yeah. uh, FFP breaches. No, it was um, Sheffield United went after West Ham over the Tevez That's it, affair. yeah, that's it. That, that was, was it. the most famous one. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually they got 20 million out of West Ham. Yeah. So Leicester, Leeds, Southampton and Burnley. We, we, we were in the relegation battle this last season at one point. We should put in a claim as well. <laughs> Free money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Add it to the bonus for the Danny Ings money. Yeah. So there is a case scheduled October the 25th where this will all uh, roll out. Then also Carlo Angelotti is suing them as well. It relates to general commercial contracts and arrangements. Uh, there's no real further details. Yeah, it just looks to be a bit of a mess at Everton. It's kind of a delayed reaction this because you know when did he leave uh, about He's two years gone, ago yeah. 18 months ago or so yeah. he's won a Champions League since yeah. then <laughs> what <laughs> then, does he care about Everton Everton they did get rid of some of their board and they said there, oh there would be a, a statement within 48 hours to, to sh- sort of like give the way forward and they missed that deadline as well so all is not well in Goodison yeah we used to talk about this in Match Club Perslow in one of the meetings said the only way to stop these sovereign states is you have to change the laws in the Premier League and to make the Premier League actually stand up and also the government stand up, there probably would need to be uh, like a major club going to administration. And Everton, if they'd got relegated, they would have been that club because, you know, they're going down. They've got all this financial grey areas and irregularities over the head. They've also got a new stadium they've got to pay and doesn't help to be relegated to the championship for them. You know, they, they owe a lot of money, so they were literally, as I, I would label them, the blood sacrifice to potentially level the playing field a little bit in the Premier League. So uh, them staying up hasn't really helped that narrative, but uh, they're still in uh, a lot of trouble and uh, I don't think they'll be bouncing back next season. It'll be more con- it'll be a consolidation year, well, at best, I would, I would imagine. Well, their team's poor, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, on the, you know, they're a bit of a shambles on the pitch and off it. They did, you could say, they did pretty well to get out of trouble in the end. But yeah, right. Point number three. This is an interesting one. The man who turned the Saudis down, Messi. I, I certainly like him more more than I did before. Mm. I, I'm, I've never been a Messi fanboy. Very good player. I'm, I'm not really into like worshiping players. But fair play to Messi on this one uh, and and his team. He, he's now setting up a battle for the ages. He's going over to play in the MLS to go head-to-head with the, the likes of Ashley Westwood, who plays for FC Charlotte, isn't it? It's going to be absolute colossus, oh, isn't it? Colossus yeah. battle. It's uh, t- the Clash of Titans. But Messi has structured quite a groundbreaking contract here, or, or his team have. Uh, I mean, he's, he's turned down, as I said, around $1.7 billion all in from the Saudis who thought they could buy his soul. Now, potentially he could be earning more here because and this is something that's kind of prevalent in other industries. Uh, for example, the movie industry, which I'll, I'll mention an example in a minute. But here what he's done signing up with Beckham's uh, into Miami is he's done a deal with Apple TV who have bought the rights, paid a $2.5 billion for the rights to stream MLS. So he's going to get a cut of the back end because just him turning up is going to drive subscriptions. And then in terms of Adidas and shirt sales, he's also getting a back end percentage on shirt sales as well because he, he knows and his team knows that Messi touches down there. I saw somewhere, I mean, and, and don't quote me on this, but you know the tickets for the next Miami game 
on that that kind of dynamic pricing were you know were at it, what were they like eighty dollars? But now it, they've gone up to like four hundred and fifty or something. This is like the messy effect. And he's also done a deal with the MLS where he has a chance to buy in Allah what Beckham did to the next franchise that pops up. I mean, he's added millions on into Miami's Instagram account already. I think he like quadrupled, you know, within a matter of days. So he's looking at the 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 back end of it, and uh, it should be interesting to see how much. I mean, if he gets injured in the first week, it's all going to go tits up, isn't it? Out for the season, <laughs> oh. so Apple subscriptions non-existent. Because what he's doing really is positioning himself as a content creator. He is essentially creating the content that people are going to flock to on Apple TV. He's going to create the buzz on social media, the clips, etc. That's going to entice people to buy shirts, buy tickets, and just buy into the MLS on a bigger scale. I mean, it's a different world now for like when Pele went to New York Cosmos because, you know, that was a big deal because he was going to be the face of the MLS and take it to the next level. But there's not really that back in the 70s or so. There's there's not that media exposure to break it to an international market as much. So this is messy knowing his worth in terms of that kind of social media content, streaming situation which you can be you know you can go viral in a second can't you yeah. and well i mean the tweet that enter miami put up after it was announced they pinned the tweet and it's got as of now it's got 33.9 million views so yeah that's the, the figures you're talking and about. i'm surprised that's not higher to be honest but this is how football runs now it's all on data it's data it's views it's it's kind of a bit shallow but it's it's now all working on metrics and players get bought like this. Uh, I mean, you know, like like Kangi Lee, for example, uh, who Villa were allegedly sniffing around uh, from Mallorca, who looks like he's going to end up at PSG. You buy him because you want to break into the South Asian market, you know, the Korean market specifically. I mean, obviously, it's got to be of a certain standard, but a lot of these players, when they're doing the data on them, you'll have a lot of players in the same ballpark. So then you're looking for other tangible gains and you're saying, well, this guy's got X amount of followers and gives us a doorway into uh, the South Korean market and you know how fanatical they are. And you go, right, we'll take him over that chap. You know, this is how the whole game works. Uh, and in looking at the Manchester City coverage, if you just open any app, be it TikTok, Instagram, and Jack Grealish pops up immediately celebrating. And you're looking at, I mean, you look at, is it CBS, the American guys? And their show's pretty good. I mean, they've, they've finally uh, worked out how to do a show in football. And that's to bring some humidity into it and actually... Uh, interview people like humans and you know have jokes and whatever and not, not be so dry and boring and, and they're the only ones doing it the uk coverage you know still it's you know michael owen and julian lescott or whatever Danny that, Murphy. that is not <laughs> a recipe to have an entertaining show and i think you will see what cbs have done will influence uh british tv henceforth but uh, you know on their instagram account they're, they're literally posting a drunken grealish every uh every two hours or so actually bombarded it and so you're thinking did Grealish do some kind of deal when he signed for Manchester City where he back-ended the media so he's got a <laughs> share of all the all the all the all the income that comes from you know social media because if he did you know good luck to him because he probably thought well look you know when they sat down his agents and team probably said well look, it's inevitable that you know Manchester City are going to win the Champions League within the next two years so uh what we'll do, we'll send Jack Grealish on like a three or four day bender 
72 hours without sleep, you'll get insane opportunity for socials, et cetera, et cetera. Give Grealish a back end to all your subscriptions, you know, revenue streams, X amount percent, and the jobs are good. And, and that would actually make sense to what's happened. Whether he's making money direct out of it or not, it's, um, again, uh, Grealish is kind of blessed. The less he does, or the more drunk he gets, the more the, the bigger his profile. Yeah, that pose in the front of the the open top bus. I mean, that's 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 money for him right there. If he if he markets that right, just by chance. But you know, he's a good character to have because you know he's living his best life. Good luck to him. And oh, there's uh, some personality there, which from other accounts, he's not the brightest spark. But he is actually genuine, and yeah, he doesn't operate through calculated thought. He's He's kind of impulsive and genuine and, you know, he comes from a good place. You know, he's a good-looking chap as well. That's, you know, it's like in the Beckham effect, it, it, this helps and, you know, society kind of bows to aesthetics, shall we say. You've always you've always got a better chance. And my other thought on Grealish was it's almost like he's been put forward as the face of the sovereign state, nefarious, he's like a cover-up for them. So he is a distraction so the media goes, ah, oh, you know, ah, oh, Grealish, look at him, he's drunk again, ah, oh, he's still up. And meanwhile, you know, it distracts from, because nobody, nobody's mentioned the 115 charges, have they? BT Sports, whatever, nobody's mentioned it in the coverage. It's all, oh, you know, this is all fantastic. It's, this is like a, an amazing, uh, I think this is medium Muppet territory, isn't it? I think it pops oh, up in that. Rags to Riches story. Oh, isn't it a fairy tale ending and all this shit? Rags oh, to Riches and all off. this kind of shit. And Grealish has kind of been the cover-up man and he's brought humanity to what is a kind of a nefarious uh, fiscal practice that's going on in the background. Well, it gives it gives a club with so little identity an identity, yeah. both as a club and a fan base. They are actually completely, totally relying on him. I mean, he's doing a, an exceptional job. Yep. And uh, I'm sure he's been rewarded uh, fantastically and uh, he should kick on. I just hope he's not cast aside once he's uh, served his purpose. But he's set for life, so I'm sure he's not that bothered. Right, enough of the three points. Just a, a quick update on the European Europa Conference league picture we are still in terms of coefficient rating we are still top of the unseeded pile so when the seeded teams that have to qualify because even though we're unseeded we go straight into the playoffs there are certain teams in the un, in the seeded pot due to their uh, coefficient rating that actually still have to qualify some have to go through two rounds uh, and enter in the qualifying second stage some have to enter the third stage so if any of them get knocked out then we pop up a place do we not Yes, that is the case. Yes, And it should make the draw, just looking at it, a, a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if you draw, for example, if you draw Basel in the playoff, uh, it's not, not a... An, or Club Bruges, these are sticky ones, aren't they? Yeah. Well, a lot of these teams have got Champions League experience and relatively strong European pedigrees. And you're actually you're also very unlucky, actually, with the sheer number of teams in the draw. There aren't that many seeded sides. So if you were to get one of them, you're unlucky. Yeah. Do you mean there's not many seeded sides? That's not the whole draw. There's other teams. There's all the teams who go through qualifying, etc. As well in the draw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, there's still uh, some of the the ones that are actually seeded. If if they all won, then Villa would still be in the same position. 
Yeah, there would be. And the, the quirk of it is because the draw is like laid out in advance, they would need to lose before qualifying round three. So they need to lose before the draw is made or else Villa will still be drawn because the draw for rounds two and three are made together. So right, you, you yeah. know who you're getting in advance. Yeah, but you know, ultimately, the only thing that's of intrigue to me is really if Juventus are uh, going to be playing in it or not. And of course, how seriously they take it. If they are, it's kind of sod's law, isn't it? Oh, Villa get in yeah. and uh, oh, Juventus get deducted. So they're not in the Champions League. They have to play in the Conference League. But at the same time, I don't mind that because it's a bit more extra juice because, uh, you know, as we said previously, they are the, t- the last team to beat us in the Champions League, European Cup as it was. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather have a, I mean, if it's a Villa, Juventus final, that's, it's a huge final. It doesn't matter if it's a Conference League, it's as good as anything and it will be billed as that because Villa have that ex-European Cup pedigree to go along with Juventus's. So it would be, uh, I mean, that would be too perfect, to be honest. Oh. Right, we're taking a pit stop here. We did actually uh, record quite a long podcast, so we are actually splitting it in two parts just to get it out. For my Omensa members, I will also put out the whole thing as one part. So, until part two, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans